Are you concerned about the air that you're breathing, especially with increasing air pollution? We all know how vital indoor air quality is, and here's where Puro Air steps in to make the difference. Did you know that indoor air can be up to 100 times, 100 times dirtier than the air outside? That's where Puro Air comes to the rescue. In just 30 minutes, this revolutionary device can transform the air in your room by removing allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases. But what sets Puro Air apart is its cutting-edge HEPA-14 filter, a powerhouse that tackles pollutants at a microscopic level. And it's not just me saying that, Puro Air is backed by scientists from both Harvard and MIT. I personally loved having a Puro Air purifier. I feel like I can breathe again, especially after battling congestion for like the last month. Winter can be tough, but within an hour, it was crazy. I could feel my sinuses beginning to open up. I slept through the night without coughing, and I've been sleeping so much better now that we have a Puro Air running in our bedroom. So check it out at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time, getpuroair.com. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Montessori is a hundred year old educational method taught at 4,500 Montessori schools around the country and another 20,000 worldwide. Many successful people contribute their success to this educational model. Today, author Junifa Uzudike will join me to give you tips on laying the groundwork to raising successful children as early as when they're babies. Whether parents have access to Montessori school or not, the invaluable suggestions she shares will help foster years of learning and set your children on a road to success. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow. I see the numbers of people that are listening to these episodes, so I know that there are several of you that haven't left iTunes reviews yet. It takes less than 30 seconds, and it's easily found at the bottom of the Minimalist Moms page on iTunes. Now is where I've been sharing just what I've been up to in my day-to-day, and I will say I've been decluttering a lot. I don't know why. I feel like I'm nesting without being pregnant. That is where I'm at right now. Maybe it's just school getting ready to start again. I'm just trying to get my days a little bit more structured, organized by getting my spaces organized. But really what this has shown me, and I say this all the time on here, is that you never arrive when it comes to decluttering. 
Okay, I can probably think of a couple people that probably have arrived, but I don't live like them. So I feel like it's something that I'm constantly having to stay on top of, especially with my little ones, especially one particular little one that loves to bring things home from grandma and grandpa's house and just store them up in her space. Oops, I just said who it was. But I think that just staying on top of these things, staying on top of the library books that are regularly coming in, staying on top of the mail, staying on top of my closet, It's usually a one in, one out for me, but even outside of that, it's always good to go back through and assess what you have that works and what fits you so you know that you have an easily accessible wardrobe, which I think is a really huge part in me getting ready when I'm either going out or just getting ready for my normal day to day. I want to say one last thing, and that is actually about this episode. I wanted to say how inspired I was by Junifa's experience with Montessori teaching. She started a school in Nigeria because she was so passionate about this approach to parenting and to teaching. I think you'll find a lot of her words really inspiring and there were so many practicalities in this episode that I feel like you could even get out a notebook and start taking notes. All that to say, she is in Nigeria and so there is a little bit of, I don't even know what you'd call it, it's like digitized here and there a couple of times but hang in there I'm so happy that we have the ability to connect with one another despite living in different countries so stay with me here when it comes to the audio this time around all right I think that's all for now so let's jump into the conversation Junifa thanks so much for joining me today on the minimalist moms podcast thank you for having me I'm excited to be here I'm really excited to have you here with me as well. I am looking forward to diving into Montessori and I'll have you define that here in just a second. But before we get into our conversation, you can just go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners and then maybe tell me how many kids you have and maybe their ages, just so we can get a background of who you are. Sure. My name is Junifah DK. I have three children. Um, they're seven, six, and three, two sons and one daughter. And I live with them and my husband in Abuja, Nigeria, where I run a school. It's a Montessori school. Its name is Fruitful Orchard Montessori. I recently co-wrote a book with my friend, Simone Davis. Um, we wrote the Montessori notebook. I am also a Montessori teacher. So I'm trained for three levels, zero to three years old, three to six years old and six to 12 years old. I've raised my children the Montessori way from birth and um, nothing gives me more pleasure than sharing, you know, the wonderful insights that I've encountered in my training and as well as as with just raising my children. I love sharing them with new parents and just parents in my community and around the world. Absolutely. And I'm curious, so have you lived in Nigeria your whole life? No, I actually, um, well, I was born in Nigeria and I moved to the U.S. on my 17th birthday to college there. Um, And so I lived in the U.S. for 12 years. And during that time, I also spent one year in the U.K. as an expert. But I discovered or encountered Montessori in the U.S. And um, I wanted to come home and just uh, share this thing that I had found. And, you know, it, it felt like once when I discovered it, it felt like I had found my Colin and I wanted to do, I wanted to work with it at home. I wanted to work with parents here, but somehow my work has actually gone way beyond Nigeria now, but I've lived in, um, I've lived in so many different places, but most of my adult life was actually spent in the U.S. Okay. I was just curious how you and Simone had met one another. 
Oh, okay. Oh, well, we 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 actually met on the internet. Um, oh. Like I said, I share my Montessori journey. So I started my blog, Ndoma.com. And somehow, you know, when I would post and share my post, she would make a comment. And then I was also following her um, with the things that she shared. On the board of the AMI, which is the Associate Montessori International, it's the um, governing board that was instituted by Dr. Montessori, the the person who founded Montessori, the Montessori movement, keep her work going. And the headquarters, uh, it's headquartered in Amsterdam, which is where Simone lives. So um, the first time that I went for our board meetings, our board meetings hold in Amsterdam, um, we met up and that was the first time that we met. And then um, the second time I went to Amsterdam, I went over to her house to have dinner and she was telling me she had written, previously written the Montessori toddler. And she was saying to me that, oh, I was actually thinking about writing the Montessori baby. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Just on the plane over here, I was thinking how um, I really want to write a book for babies. And so she said, why don't we write it together? And just there over dinner, we, um, cause I had already started drafting some ideas on the plane. So we just sat down and, you know, came up with an outline, talked about who was going to write what. But most of the book was actually written via Zoom. Wow. <laughs> like we would write and then we would meet online to discuss and like figure out most of the work. In fact, all of the work of writing the book, because since we started writing, then the lockdown happened, was online actually. So we've actually only met twice, um, but most of the book was written online. Yeah, I was just curious because I was wondering how you met up. So I'm so glad that you shared that with listeners. And we've been talking about Montessori, and I'm sure that a lot of people listening today are familiar with that term, but there also might be some people listening that are only have a vague familiarity with it. So I'm going to allow you to just define what Montessori is, and then we'll get more into our conversation. How do you define Montessori? I think that Montessori is a way of being with children, a way of seeing children, and a way of interacting with children. Um, It's a way that was discovered by Dr. Montessori over a hundred years ago. She was an Italian doctor who spent time working with children. As she worked with them, she observed them and she documented what she saw that worked with them and what was consistent with children around the world. And we find that, you know, there's there's a general human nature. There's some basic like human tendencies. Children who are born, regardless of where and when they are born, have similar characteristics and similar needs. And so we can parent them or educating them, following those natural needs or those natural tendencies. And Um, So Montessori is basically a timeless way of guiding and being with children that respects the child, that views them as capable, that, um, you know, just treats them as not as empty vessels, but instead as seeds containing, you know, potential and views us, the parents or the teacher, as a gardener or as a guide that's kind of guiding, you know, providing the right environment, but allowing the child to truly develop in the way that, you know, they're supposed to. So that's what Montessori is to me, a way of seeing and being with them and guiding them where we're not creating them, but instead we're just nurturing them and helping them to thrive and grow in the way that they have already been created to grow. 
No, that's so wonderful. And I like how you said we are a guide of sorts for them. Even when we are on a walk, my children and I feel like I try to point things out to them that maybe I would overlook as an adult, but is so new to them. And yeah, we're just guiding them through life. And I feel like you can make honestly everything a learning experience. Is that somewhat what Montessori is? Exactly what it is. You know, like everything that we do with the child can be an opportunity for them to learn. We help them to see, they see, but we provide them with the language. Many of the things that we take for granted, you know, if we walk at their own pace, when we take walks, I love that you use that example because that's something that I think, you know, is an opportunity. When we take walks with our children, slowing down, allowing them to lead the way sometimes, you know, and just like stopping to see what they see. Sometimes mm-hmm. they, we take it for granted that there's a stick or we take it for granted that that's a flower. We, we can give them the right vocabulary. That's a gardenia. We can stop and allow them to smell, you know, smell the flowers. We can give them the language. We can talk to them about what we're doing with them, what we're doing. We can involve them in our lives. One of the things that I think is so fascinating is that you said kids, no matter where they're born, no matter who they are, they all have a similar way that they interact with the world and some of their specific needs. And I'm wondering as a Montessori parent, what is one of the first things that we can do to engage, honestly, even the learning process with our kids? How can that, this book that you've written is about babies and the Montessori approach. So I'm just wondering what the first steps could be for us to take that type of approach. Um, I think that with our babies, the first step is actually just to spend time with them, spend time holding them, looking at them, communicating with them and connecting with them. Because that's the basis, right? That connection. Children learn from people that they are connected to. Um, Children learn when they feel safe and secure. And safety and security comes from that feeling of connection. So I think that when we spend time with our children, and we already are forced to spend time with them because we have to feed them when they're babies. We um, We have to change their diapers. But many times we do those as chores, like things to get through. So we rush through them where like, you know, when we're feeding them, we might be like on our phones or just completely distracted. Mm-hmm. But instead, we can take those as moments of connection. So you're feeding your baby and you're looking at their face. You're watching to see how they're moving, watching to, you know, talking to them, um, singing a song to them. You're changing their diapers and you're talking to them through what you're doing. I'm going to take off your diaper um, or I'm going to put on your shorts. Can you give me your legs? And starting from beginning to create a connected and collaborative relationship where everything you're doing is seen as a relationship. So I think that that's an easy place to start because it doesn't require you to buy anything. It doesn't require you to do anything, but just slow down and be present and, um, you know, focus on connecting with your child, having conversations with them. I think more and more people know now that it's important to talk to our children. Mm -hmm. Um, But often we are talking to them and not listening to them. It's really important for it to be a conversation, even when they're babies. When we talk to them, we can pause and wait to see, do they smile? Do they frown? Do they look at us? Do they look away? Do they lift their hands in a certain way? 
often they're responding to us. And sometimes then they initiate the conversation too. They might babble or like say something and we can stop and listen and, you know, repeat to them what they say. So just having that back and forth dialogue and, you know, creating that uh, environment where the child knows that their voice or whatever they have to say to us is valued and is being listened to. So I think that that's a good place to start. Absolutely. So I have moms listening to the show that have obviously various ages of children. So I kind of want to walk through the different ages. We're going to be sticking most to preschoolers, kindergartners and under, but what are some of the best activities that you would say that toddlers can enjoy and why? If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as lime margarita and grapefruit paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at takearecess.com minimalist. Every can of Recess boasts a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients and a calorie count of 25 or less. It's a guilt-free option for winding down during dry January. Again, whether it's the end of a demanding day, a dinner gathering, or simply a moment to unwind, these mocktails are the perfect choice. You won't miss the alcohol, and you certainly won't miss dealing with the hangover. Get 15% off Recess mocktails now at takearecess.com minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on Home Threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live toddlers, they want to be part of family life. So in Montessori, we talk about practical life activities and practical life activities are actually just the things that you do every day. So watering plants, you know, carrying the groceries from the car and putting them into the fridge or, you know, sorting them, um, cooking, cleaning. Those are the things that toddlers actually enjoy the most. They actually want to be close to us and they want to learn how to do the things that we're doing. So practical life activities are the most um, enjoyable to toddlers. Things that, are in, that, that involve daily life, daily living. Maybe if you have a pet in your house, having them be responsible for feeding the pet, like you know, putting a little bit of food, pouring a little bit of water, cooking with you. So it allows them to be close to you. Many of those activities involve movement which toddlers like they want to move and many of them involve 
sensory feedback. Toddlers are sensorial explorers. They want to touch, feel, smell. So whether they're helping you in the kitchen, they're playing with water. So it's like water play. Um, They're feeling different textures. And it's also an opportunity for you to give them language because you can tell them the names of the things they are working with, the names of the actions they're taking. So I would say for me, practical life activities. I love cooking with my children and baking with them at that stage. They really love it. What about for preschoolers and kindergartens? I'm assuming a lot of the same things that you probably said for toddlers, like getting them in the kitchen, helping me cook. But is there anything else that I can, I have a preschooler and a kindergartner. So what could I do to engage them in a more Montessori approach? Problem solving. So activities Mm -hmm. that require problem solving, um, whether it's figuring out how to get uh, beads on a string. So like stringing beads and they like sewing they like maybe just practical life, but a little more complicated, right? Mm-hmm. So in, not just stringing, but now sewing something. I like to show my three, three, four, and five-year-olds how to sew. And it can be, um, you know, making a little wallet where you're just doing stitches around the edges. Um, and I think they really like puzzles too. And then taking walks. They're really interested in language at that stage. So they're learning how to read and write. So going on searches around the house, like, can you find me something that begins with ah, or can you find me something that begins with, so that it allows them to move, it allows them to use all of the things that they already have, or they already know. Yes, that makes sense. And as we're talking, is Montessori more for younger children, or can this type of approach be applied to 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, even middle schoolers is or is this more for little kids so there are two ways to look at Montessori right there's the perspective of a parent like a philosophy of a a way of being with our children Mm -hmm. and there's also Montessori education a way of educating children and in both cases you can use it for for children from birth until maturity so they're actually Montessori schools that go all the way to secondary or adolescence. Um, so up to 18 years old, there are Montessori schools that go that far. And then even at home as a parent, you can guide your child with respect and understanding from birth until adulthood. Actually, Dr. Montessori came up with a framework that is called the four planes of development. And in each plane, you can look at the different characteristics of the child. So the child from zero to six is a little bit different from the child from six to 12. The child from zero to six is, he has an absorbent mind. That's why they're very good at learning languages, more focused on physical or functional independence. They want to know how to do things. They are asking us to um, help them to do it themselves. But then as they get older from six to 12, their minds are a little bit different and their, you know, their bodies are a little bit different too. They're taller, they're bigger. Um, the child from zero to six is very interested in their family. They want to be closer to home and, you know, they want to spend more time with their small immediate community. But from six to 12, the child becomes more social. They want to hang out with their friends. You know, they're thinking about sleepovers. They'll choose hanging out with their friends over staying home or being with their family. Um, Their minds are different too. They now have a reasoning mind. They, They are able to make logical decisions. So they want to think that instead of the functional independence, they're now more interested in 
intellectual independence. They want to find information for themselves. And it continues like that, you know. So from 12 to um, 18, the child is different again you know they're changing they're now in that place that's between childhood and adulthood in adolescence and in each of these planes of development our roles as parents that it's different in zero to six what you're doing for your child or how you're guiding your child is a little bit different from the kind of parent that you need to be when they're six to 12 and then from 12 to 18 12 to 18 you're there's an analogy that you're kind of like a plant like a, a potted plant you know you're there if they need you but you're not as you know hands-on as you might be in the first six years so you can follow the montessori way of being or the montessori philosophy of parenting by understanding what changes are happening with your child or who they are in every plane and then knowing who or how you need to be as a parent in every plane and it's the same way in school so the in montessori schools the environment changes a little bit in every plane and the um, teacher approaches the children or guides the children a little differently in every plane. That makes sense. Okay. So one of the things that I wanted to make sure we touched on before we wrapped up the conversation was when people think of Montessori, at least this is my perspective. When I think of Montessori, I think wooden toys, toys that maybe are a little bit more pricey, but I want to break down that stigma that we don't have to spend a fortune to uh, I guess to have this approach in our household. So I guess Montessori being synonymous with expensive toys. So maybe can we debunk that myth? So I actually personally think that you can be a Montessori parent without even buying anything. And especially you don't need to buy, you know, expensive toys or expensive furniture. It's more about your, how you are with your child. It's more about that being present and creating the environment for your child. But even with creating the environment, you can use what you have at home. You, if you have in mind what you need, so the children need order, a place for everything and everything in its place. So having a simple home where the, it's easy for the child to ne- navigate and feel like part of your home, having a place for everything, not too much. So you want actually a few toys, not too many. And you can have a um, it's always advisable, of course, to buy quality toys because and toys that many of the Montessori toys can be used with a child as they get older, but maybe used in a different way. So a little child, a baby might use, um, so, uh, use a, a ball just for rolling it. And then as they get older, they're using it in a different way. Choosing things that are quality and you can find those in thrift stores. You can repurpose things you have in your house. One of the materials that we have for children is something called a ring and a dowel where you have like a little uh, peg and the child puts things over it. You can use, you know, old bracelets and a mug holder, giving that child opportunity to use their hands in different ways. How can I do this at home? And I think, again, my favorite activities to do with children are practical life activities. You don't need to buy anything to do practical life activities with your children. 
just involve them. Come in the kitchen with them when you're cooking or when you're, you know, whatever you're doing in your home, bring them with you or have them participate. They're learning the words, they're helping, they're moving their bodies. So you can actually be a Montessori parent without having to spend anything. It's about being present, slowing down and carrying your child along with you in all that you're doing. I absolutely agree. I feel as though nature is the the best toy that my children have. We are outside almost every day and no matter what the weather is like, it's if it's the fall here in Ohio, we have fallen leaves that they can play with and build a big leaf pile. In the winter, we have snow. We can build snowmen. In the spring, it's just fun to honestly look at all the bugs and the flowers. And then summer, we're just outside pretty much all day. Exactly right. I agree. One of my favorite things to say to parents, you know, that example that you gave of being outside is um, you don't, one of the first things that we recommend for babies is mobiles. But guess what? Nature has the best mobiles. If you put a blanket under a tree and put your baby, the leaves are swaying so slowly. That's a mobile, you know, Um, when you're feeding your baby and they touch your earring or they wrap their hands around your finger, that's, you know, that's a little thing for them, their rattle or something for them to hold. So being outside, all of their sensorial needs are met. Mm-hmm. Birds are chirping, you know, they can touch the floor, their different feelings, you know, a paved floor feels different from grass. It feels different from the mud. So you can actually give your child all of the experiences that they need with things that are around you. Just go outside. If you if your child is older and they're learning how to count, they can count some rocks. They can count some leaves. So you can actually do all of these things. They can go on searches outside. I gave the example of the word searches. Go outside. You can do color searches. You can do word searches. You can just, you know, you can actually, like nature has all of the things that you need. I agree with that strongly. Absolutely. Well, is there anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with? Any more encouragement? I feel like you've done a great job at encouraging me. Um, I just, as more capable, many of us um, or many parents don't see children as being capable. And even the youngest child, even a newborn baby is capable of so many things. They're capable of communicating. They're capable of moving their bodies. They're capable, most importantly, of teaching us about themselves. So if we look at them and see that capacity and look at them and say, what do you have to tell me about yourself? When we change our minds, you know, in how we see them and see them as more capable, then we are opening ourselves to receive all the beautiful messages that they have for us. And then we can guide them and we can enjoy this journey of parenting because it's meant to be enjoyed, especially the first year. It goes so fast. And I think that many of us just look at it as a time to get through. So I just, how capable they are and then slow down and enjoy them. Enjoy those moments together where they can connect with them. I agree. Well, where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you or get a copy of your new book? all of the places online where books are sold and also in bookstores, local bookstores. So I encourage everyone to patronize their local bookstores. Um, I can be found on unduoma.com and that is N-D-U-O-M-A.com. And I have a page for the book where that links to different sources. I can also be found on Instagram as Montessori underscore unduoma.com. Again, Undoma is N-D-U-O-M-A. And I look forward to connecting with your listeners. 
Absolutely. I'll include all of that in the show notes for listeners. Well, real quick, I end every show with asking two questions. And the first one is, what is something that you feel as though you're simplifying in your life this week? I call it your minimalist moment. What is your minimalist moment of the week? Hmm, what am I sim- simplifying? I wish I could simplify my time <laughs> and all the things that I'm committed to. But this week, I am simplifying the things that I have on my calendar. So I'm taking time to spend more time with my children and um, leaving the extra things that I, we don't need to be doing often where, where we have like a lot of commitment. So just simplifying our calendar so we can take time, my calendar, so we can time, take time to enjoy each other and just read books online in bed. That's what I hope to simplify this weekend. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. I've been trying to do the same thing, just enjoying my kids uh, a lot more than I have been. I feel like sometimes it's hard to balance work, especially I released a book this past or two months ago. And I know that that process can be really stressful. So I've been trying to step away and just simplifying that in my life too. I definitely relate. All right. My last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about? And this can be anything in regards to minimalism, simple living, intentional living, or just something you're really excited about. I can't stop talking about Montessori. It has been such a gift to my life as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, it's my career. It's what I do now. I, as soon as I discovered it, I fell in love with it. I believe that, you know, the work that um, can make a difference for the future of the world, next generation. And I feel like Montessori has really provided me with a roadmap to do that and do it more intentionally. So I can't stop talking about Montessori and the Montessori baby book. Absolutely. Well, this was wonderful. Again, you have encouraged me so much. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Enjoy the rest of your day and your weekend. What did you think of the episode? One of the suggestions that I'm going to be doing with my son as he's just learning to read and learning the sounds of the letters is to do just that phonetic word search around my home. So what do you see that starts with an ah, 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 or a buh, buh, buh? I love that she's using phonetics as opposed to the letter, which is a great idea too, but teaching phonetics was actually the first thing that I did when I taught my daughter how to read, and it was a, it made a huge difference. So I'm going to start doing that. I love that suggestion. And again, so many of her tips in this episode were really invaluable to me as I start to pursue a more Montessori approach in my own life. So what did you think of the episode? I'd love to know. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com and there you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.